Hi all, you're listening to At The Bean, a medical education podcast where we discuss high-yield oncology with a focus in radiation oncology. We are Trudy and Josh, and thank you for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of At The Beam. This is Josh No, as always accompanied by Trudy Wu. So um, Trudy, I understand we're starting something new. Yes, we are. Today we're going to start a new series. Um, actually, that will be woven in throughout season two called Clinic Scaries. These are episodes that are meant to focus on high yield and practice changing literature behind each disease site. So there are so many great past, present, and future studies, and there's no way we'll be able to hit them all, but it'll serve as a good starting point. So let's say, Josh, I have the clinic scaries. It's the night before you start your GE rotation. You just came off of a busy service. It's 10 p.m. You're not alert and oriented times three. The kids are crying. The toilet's clogged. The fire alarm is going off. And you're like, crap. I don't know anything about the prostate literature. I have the clinic scaries. So let's rapid fire some studies. All right. So... We have our first consult and say it's a patient with intermediate risk prostate cancer. Your attending goes, um, what is this patient's risk of distant metastases if he doesn't want treatment? And what trials showed similar risk of recurrent distant metastatic disease and prostate cancer mortality for surgery and RT with ADT? All right. So that would be the PROTECT trial, which showed that patients with low to intermediate risk prostate cancer, whether they want to go with surgery or radiation and ADT, have similar disease-specific outcomes. Note, most of the patients in this trial had low-risk disease. The only difference was the side effect profile in which patients in the surgery arm had worse urinary incontinence and sexual dysfunction, which makes sense. So the 15-year update of PROTECT just recently came out, which continued to show that if a patient elects for active monitoring, which is a little different than active surveillance in the sense that active monitoring is less vigorous and involves only PSA checks and there are no routine biopsies, that these patients, if they do active monitoring, they are at higher risk to develop distant METs, local progression, and require ADT. However, mortality was the same for all the groups in the long term. So if you are counseling this patient with low to intermediate risk prostate cancer with active monitoring, I would tell them that about half of patients will require treatment at 15 years. But mortality, um, shall they choose active monitoring, surgery, or radiation, is the same. Uh, Let's talk briefly about dose escalation in the conventional fractionation era. So there were a few key trials about 20 years ago, which demonstrated dose escalation to the prostate that resulted in improved biochemical disease-free survival. Do you mind just going over those studies and what dose they went up to? Yeah, so that was the MDA-CC trial um, and RTOG-0216 were the main trials that looked at taking the dose up to 78 to 79 gray and showed that treating to higher doses beyond 70 gray improves long-term biochemical failure, setting this as the new standard. Of note, RTOG-0126 is the most recent large multicenter trial designed to interrogate a survival benefit in dose escalation. So while we are on the topic of dose escalation, this study was published in 2021 and showed that a focal boost of the prostate tumor results in improved biochemical disease-free survival. What is FLAME? All right, I see we are playing Jeopardy. (laughs) So 
Remember that in Flame, they treated with conventional fractionation to 77 and an SIB up to 95 gray. Importantly, toxicity between those who got boost and those who didn't was the same, but there was a better five-year biochemical disease-free survival for those who did get the boost. So the take-home message is why not boost if you can't? Here's another one. Your patient hands you the Ascend RT publication and says, hey, Josh, interpret this for me. <laughs> what a well-read patient. So Ascend RT asked the question, is adding an LDR boost at the end of definitive prostate radiotherapy better than treating with um, external beam all the way to 78 gray? So most patients of uh, this trial were high risk and they received a year of ADT. They all got about 46 gray under the beam uh, to the prostate and pelvic lymph nodes. And after that, patients followed to 78 gray with a conventional fractionated EBRT, or they received an LDR boost to 115 gray. Now, those who got the LDR boost had better long-term biochemical progression-free survival at 15 years, but did come at a higher risk of acute and late GU toxicity. Yeah. So I um, I try to remember Ascend RT by ascending your prostate all the way to <laughs> 115 gray. Um, so there's the LDR boost right there. But anyways, so your patient wants to know whether the patients who got the LDR boost lived longer than those who only got external beam. Yes. Yeah, so um, the answer is no. The only significant difference between the LDR and the standard arm was biochemical progression-free survival and the toxicity profile. All other factors, including overall survival, metastasis-free survival, and cancer-specific survival were the same. And he wants to know more. <laughs> what kind of side effects is he signing up for with the LDR boost? Yeah, so it's mostly going to be urinary side effects. So patients who received LDR had higher rates of five-year cumulative grade three toxicity, pad usage, as well as late catheterization. Cool. All right, so let's talk about some more recent practice-changing hypofractionation trials. So on NCCN, the preferred fractionation treating any patient definitively with prostate cancer is hypofractionation. So your attending asks, what were the seminal trials that support moderate hypofractionation for prostate cancer? All right, so that would be uh, the PROFIT trial as well as the CHIP trial, and CHIP is spelled C-H-H-I-P. So both were large randomized controlled studies, um, and both basically uh, came to the same conclusion that 60 gray in 20 fractions is non-inferior to dose-escalated conventional fractionation. The main difference between the two is that in CHIP, 12% of patients were high risk versus that in PROFIT, where all patients had intermediate risk prostate cancer. There were also a 57 gray in 19 fraction arm and chip where more patients had biochemical progression. Therefore, 60 gray in 20 fractions was the winner. Yes. So another silly way to remember things. Um, I remember Pringle chips. So profit <laughs> Pringle chip chips <laughs> have 60 chips in a can. It's actually 80, but we'll go 60. Um, so that's a way to remember the hypofractionation trials. Uh, oh, right. So similar treatment efficacy, but there was higher toxicity in those treated with moderate hypofractionation, right? So uh, the answer is no. So, Chiri, let's uh, talk about the trials that looked at shortening radiation even more with ultra hypofractionation. So there was one trial that compared standard fractionation to 42.7 gray in seven fractions. And there were more than 1,000 patients enrolled, and 89% had intermediate risk prostate cancer, and 11% had high risk and there was no ADT. Do you know what trial this was and what the results were? 
So I think you're referring to HypoRTPC, which was originally published in The Lancet in 2019. So between the standard and ultra-hypofractionation arm, there was no difference in treatment efficacy. However, acute and late GU toxicity up to one year was worse for patients treated with seven fractions. It should be noted that the radiation techniques used in this study were 3D conformal IMRT or VMAT, not SBRT. The other trial that's uh, investigated the merit of ultra-hyperfractionation is PACE-B, and uh, also published in The Lancet in 2019. So this is uh, also a non-inferiority trial that compares standard fractionation, hyperfractionation to SBRT in patients with low and intermediate risk prostate cancer. So at two years, there were subtle but statistically significant differences between the two arms. Um, as they were graded by the CTCAE and RTOG scales. So there were more late grade 2 or higher GU toxicity in the SBRT arm. And on patient-reported outcomes, there were more small differences in worse um, urinary toxicity as well as better bowel toxicity with SBRT. Trudy, do you remember what the dosing was in this trial? Yeah, so that was 36.25 gray and 5 fractions to the PTV and 40 gray to the CTV. Radiation was given daily or every other day. So, Josh, let's pivot and talk about ADT with radiation. So this has been an extensively studied topic, and we are going to just hit a few high points. What were the classic trials that support the addition of short-course ADT to radiation? Yes. Yeah, so that'd be uh, RTOG 8610, RTOG 9408, and TROG 9601. So they all detected a benefit to the addition of ADT, However, these trials are older, and the patients were not treated with dose escalation up to 78 gray, as we talked about earlier, which um, helps reduce biochemical failure. Thus, the next logical question was, do we still need ADT with dose escalation to the prostate? Do you know what the trials were that try to answer this question? ADT in the era of dose escalations, I think that would be EORTC 22991 and the PCS 3 Canadian trial. So in PCS3, they looked at 76 gray plus ADT, 70 gray plus ADT, and then an ADT alone arm. The patients who had the lowest rates of biochemical failure were those who got ADT in both the 70 and 76 gray arms, suggesting that the addition of ADT is more important than dose escalation. All right. Uh, let's talk about ADT for high-risk patients. Um, what are some of the trials to support a survival benefit for long-term adjuvant ADT in high-risk patients? There are many trials that have looked at this, but the main ones are EORTC 22863, RTOG 9202, EORTC 2296 one TROG radar, and the DART 0105 G-Core study. <laughs> So basically, the take-home messages is that 18 to 36 months of ADT for patients with high-risk uh, prostate cancer derive a survival benefit with ADT. The merit of ADT was further supported by the MARCAP Consortium meta-analysis, shout out to Dr. Amar Kishan, which showed that both adding ADT and prolonged ADT improves metastasis-free survival and overall survival regardless of radiation dose. So furthermore, there is no benefit to starting neoadjuvant ADT greater than two months before radiation. So that's enough about ADT. Let's talk about volumes. What was a recent randomized control trial evaluating elective nodal radiation, Josh? 
Uh, so that would be Pop RT from Tata Memorial. That's Pop POP. Uh, they looked at patients with no negative prostate cancer and calculated lymph node risk of uh, greater or equal to 20% as per the Roach formula. And we'll have that up in our show notes. Um, patients received prostate only versus prostate plus whole pelvis RT up to the common iliac, which is uh, treated with hypofractionation. Treating uh, the whole pelvis resulted in better biochemical progression-free survival, distant metastasis-free survival, and disease-free survival without any impact on overall survival. There was uh, increased late GU toxicity in the whole pelvis RT arm, though. And a few caveats about POP-RT. Over half of the patients in this trial had a calculated lymph node risk greater than 35%, which is higher than preceding trials asking the same question. So uh, 80% had a staging PSMA PET-CT, and about half the patients were diagnosed with an advanced T-stage of T3 or T4. Uh, this is a clinical T-stage. So this topic investigating elective nodal radiation is also being studied in RTOG 0924. Great job. Yeah. So, okay. I feel ready to go into clinic tomorrow. So I think that's enough yeah, for now. <laughs> um, we'll dig into additional studies and focus more on abdomen radiation and oligometastatic disease at a later time. Yeah. And uh, thank you to Dr. Amar Kishin for helping us to review this episode and be well and don't forget to trust, but always verify. I'm not saying that last line. Ciao, amigos. <laughs> Ciao, amigos. <laughs>